All right, hello, Flyver family. We are here in Denver, Colorado, doing something a little bit unique here for the Flyver Conservative Show. We are on location remotely. We came to the the Global World Headquarters for Kirkelly PhD, and uh, you know, typically we're doing these economic uh, updates every every Monday. We're in Kansas City, and we're doing them remotely. But um, had the opportunity to be able to be here, come to the come to the offices, and um, we've been brainstorming some things that are happening in the world and talking about the craziness. And part of the challenge has been narrowing down some of the things that are happening, clips that we're seeing, some of the, the the cards that the people that are supposed to be in charge are actually playing and laying down. And it's like, man, where do we start? I can't think of a better place to be here this morning than actually with somebody that has two PhDs on the subject, one in theology and one on the central banks and the workings of this, how they're supposed to work and the deviation between what people are actually doing that are supposed to be in charge and how it's supposed to be happening. So, Kirk, Thanks for thanks for letting us come into your office and, and pick your brain this morning. Of course, and welcome to Denver. Welcome to Denver. We're in, we, in the Mile High City. Yeah, in Mile High City, and you're you're right before the storm. So. Right, right, right before it. Well, yeah. um, the thing we're talking about about today is Jerome Powell. Yeah, and and what's happening with with them, the the moves that they're taking to counteract, you know, what's happening. But we want to start with a clip this morning and just get your reaction from it. I want to play this. This is a little bit of a of a cut up. Um, of some people commenting on some issues and what's happening as it pertains to CBDCs. And, and that's a that's a term, CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency. If you're not familiar with it, get with it because it's happening so fast and it's changing the way that we do money. I'm going to break it down because there's some things happening that I don't know that people have even the language to wrap their minds around what's happening. This is Richard Werner, the top academic scholar in the world on central banking. He wrote the book and did the documentary, The Princes of the Yen, about the Japanese central bank. Here he is in Malmo, Sweden, in May. The nature of the CBDC, what, what is it actually going to look like? They never talk about that. Right. Um, but I heard one European central banker tell me what it's going to look like. He saw it. He was invited to one of the old central banks in Europe that are very much promoting this and they showed him and you know he's he's a top um, you know executive director of another central bank in Europe and there's no reason to believe that he was telling me a story um, and he was around this this large and would be implanted under your skin a British company has an idea that would let you ditch your wallet or purse and still be able to pay for things. The company Wallet More says the $300 chip is the size of a grain of rice. You'd most likely have it implanted in your hand, and once it's activated, you can use it at a checkout by just swiping your hand over the card reader. FTX blew up in spectacular fashion. It looks like fraud. But in the wake of that, rather than thinking through, like, why did regulators let this happen? There is a new effort underway to regulate every single financial transaction that occurs in this country through something called the Central Bank Digital Currency, CBDC. If that happens, we're done. So you might have missed what happened Wednesday afternoon at the Fed. But they started their CBDC. Maybe we should start having the conversation of, gosh, this looks like the mark of the beast. 
COVID makes it, it accelerates the process of digitalization and automatization. It legitimizes the deployment of mass surveillance even in democratic countries, and it makes surveillance go under your skin. Kirk, I gotta ask you, what is a CBDC? It's simply digital currency that replaces paper dollars. Okay. Or, or any currency, not necessarily the dollar, could be the yen, could be the euro, but it's basically the digital version of that country's currency. So here's the thing. So, so what is, what's the difference between that and this? Okay. If I take this and I go spend it, what do we know about it? Where did it come from? And what did I buy with it? Well, I don't know. And you could spend it on something. You could give it to your, one of your kids. Somebody could take it and then they could go get it somewhere like that. $20 bill has probably been in a thousand hands. Yeah. See, paper currency is private. We don't know anything about it, which is why people like to use paper currency. Central bank digital currency has nothing to do with stabilizing the economy, getting rid of inflation, fixing what's broken. It's all about people control because it's complete knowledge, complete transparency of every transaction that's ever had. So people earn money from their job. It's reported their income taxes. It comes, it's, it's uh, they get a paycheck, you know, in the day or it's direct deposited into their bank at Wells Fargo or Chase Bank of America, local credit union, whatever it comes into the bank there. They could withdraw some of it and, and have it in a paper form and they can, you know, pay bills, a credit card and debit. So money's still moving around digitally. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just in paper. Everybody doesn't get their paycheck in paper. What's the difference between um, if I wanted to send you money digitally or wire transfer or Venmo or Cash App, that's all digital money too, right? What's the difference? It's all digital, digital money. And those are, re oh, there's a lot of transparency in that too. Have you ever gotten your credit card statement, let's say from Chase? Okay. And now, even on your bank statement, it says that you spent X number of dollars, 10% on food, you spent 40% on utilities, all this stuff, right? So they're starting to do exactly what central bank digital currencies are gonna do. Here's, here's the problem though, you can still use cash. You can still use under the table kind of transactions, right? Which then, the government doesn't get taxes on. Which means you could probably buy something maybe that's that's not approved of if you're in a state that doesn't have, you know, restriction on certain things, you know, and all that. So at a garage sale. At a garage sale to somebody. There's a, there's a lot of non-control. We we got a, a mortgage on a home a, a few years ago, and I you know was brushing up on my credit report, making sure it was all tight and everything ready to go before we went in. And I was reading uh, uh, this this book, and it was talking about. It said even when you're making transactions with a credit card. Uh, and say you buy alcohol or you buy cigarettes, those those transactions, even on a Bank of America credit card, will still affect your credit rating mm -hmm. because they consider you a higher risk, like, like your credit report. So I was like, wow, digitally in the cloud, they're tracking a lot more about our behaviors and whether they approve or disapprove. Right. And this was you know four or five years ago. I thought, wow, they know a lot about a, an individual and assigning scores to them uh, that we were perfectly okay with. Right. I mean, that's the, that's the predecessor of this. Your credit score is a predecessor of your digital social profile, which is more of a, of a picture of who you are as a person, right? What, what you donate to, what you, what political party you are. Oh, have you been vaccinated or not? Right. What 
do you eat fast food a bunch? And and boy, uh, cholesterol ratings in America are going through the roof, right? You're part of the problem, not part of the solution. So so here's where they're going to market this as something spectacular sure. for the public, right? It's like, oh, we can't have drug deals that are suitcases full of cash, yeah. right? Um, but now drug dealers are using cryptocurrency, right? It's like, well, Kirk, what's the difference between central bank digital currency and cryptocurrency, right? Okay, Just which is a great question. Yeah, so so things like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Dogecoin, whatever, they're decentralized. Meaning in the blockchain world, something that's decentralized peer-to-peer, -peer, it's like you don't know truly the source of, of all of the funds. It really is private. Okay. However, in the centralized form, when everything is brought together under the house of a central bank, the decentralization, the privacy goes away. And it's the opposite of privacy. It's complete clarity of all transactions. Mm. Once money enters the system, which there's going to be a mechanism for that probably on your first tax return as they roll this out. It's like you're going to list out all of your assets, all your bank accounts, all your brokerage accounts, your houses, everything that you own, right? Okay. So then that's been cleared into the system. Once it's in the system, now it just goes from person to person and they know the source of every single fund. So Where it came it, from and who got it, how much. So it, it would potentially, here's the pros that they're going to establish. And I, I'd agree these are good pros. Well, it'll help eliminate sex trafficking, human trafficking, arms trafficking, drug trafficking, money laundering, right? Those are wins. Like, who wouldn't want that? This is good. Let's get it going. Who wouldn't want that? The flip side of that coin is, yeah, that's, uh, that's completely transparent. So is everything that you buy. When you go to the grocery store, when you go to the gun store and buy ammunition, you're, you're not in this for world peace, David. Right. You, why, why would you need gun or ammunition, right? We're trying to outlaw guns. What about... Um, the church that you donate to. What if they view a church message as a hate crime, right? It's like, no, this isn't part of the global agenda. We don't like what you, what you donate to, whether mm. you give to a, a, a Buddhist religious institution or a Hindu or a Christian or a Catholic, right? right? It's, I mean, there's all these different things that you could give to, and if it falls out of line of the narrative, well then, no. What if, what if you drive, okay, a huge truck, which I love. I know that you like trucks. I, I do too. And, and you know, you, be careful here because you might offend like the entire Flyover family if you start beating up on gas guzzlers. Well, they're <laughs> beat up on gas guzzlers, yes. right? They want green energy. What if you have a truck that only gets nine miles per gallon? <laughs> like I have. <laughs> like some of you guys probably have. Exactly. Well, if you've got that, it's like, oh my word, you spend too much on gas. We'll just I'll cut you off from being able to buy gas. Man. Or we'll cut you off from giving to your church or giving to that political party or eating where you want to because there's complete clarity of transactions. So this has absolutely nothing to do with fixing the economy, fixing the system, giving stability to it. It has all about people control. Mm -hmm. And in fact, that video that we just saw with the in the hand chip. Yeah. I mean, it, it's tied to you. It's tied to your DNA, right? That's what it, it, it's, it's a vulnerable feeling, and most people don't really feel it. But when you're seeing things, there was a clip the other day of, of Kanye West, multi-billionaire, who all of a sudden got his money all turned off, and he couldn't even use Apple Pay on his phone to make a transaction. And you think, well, you, you sort of feel like maybe at a certain level you're sort of you know, beyond that, that vulnerability. But it, it's quick. I had a scary feeling one time we were outside the country. We were, we were actually in Brazil. Um, most people in the area we're in didn't speak English. We'd, we'd 
made a couple of stops on our way to our hotel, got to the hotel, credit card declined, potential fraud. And I'm like, so, so I've, got, I've got to call from an, another country into get customer service, report, yes, this transaction was legit. Yes, this is me. Yes, this is me. I'd let them know before I left, I was going to be traveling outside the country. And they still were, they locked down my credit card. And I thought, this is a vulnerable feeling because I was having a hard time getting a hold of them. It was late at night. How do I get this turned on getting access to money? But the tap was turned off. So now it's like, how much do I have on me? How long could I survive if that was all said and turned off? Most people don't have reserves of, you know, food and everything that they needed at home and whatever. And if you're traveling, what can you do? This is a scary idea because they, they could say you can only spend money within 30 miles of your home. Like, like your, your card would decline if you live in Omaha, Nebraska, your card would decline if you went to Kansas City. Right. You know, or if you lived in, in Denver, you could only use it in the state of Colorado. You know, because they don't want they want to restrict where you're going, or you know, there's a tremendous amount of power. And I think most people are like, well, I sort of trust those in charge; they're going to operate in my best interest. But we've seen everything be politicized. You know, Elon Musk is creating now transparency with how Twitter controlled people's speech right. based on their political affiliations. And you know, uh, I don't know that we can trust anybody to have that much power. There's still going to be humans involved. And they're probably going to operate in their own best interest. Well, the old saying is true. It's like absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? You can never trust anybody with all that much power about your economic freedom, which or which dovetails, they're all interconnected with your personal freedom, your religious freedom, your health freedom, all of them, right? It's all tied to that economic freedom and your freedom to spend where you want to, mm -hmm. when you want to, with whomever you want to, Yeah. right? So what they're trying to do is, is control that. So what, what do you say is the, the life expectancy of, of this stuff? You mean moving forward? Yeah, moving like, 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 like legitimately. We're here, we're here wrapping up the end of 2022. What do you see as the future for this? Becoming a collector's item versus... We know it. Yeah. Fiat-based currency, central banks globally. I give it no more than two more years. That, that, that this would be something you want to maybe frame and just have in your wall and you'd show your, your grandkids will be like, what's that? What's yeah, that, Grandpa you, Kurt? One of them to put in a frame and you can use the rest for kindling and for to make a fire. Rob. It'd be like a Confederate dollar or something yeah. like that. If somebody said, here's a, here's, here's a money from the South, you know, during the Civil War. It's like, yeah. it's a collector's item, but it's no value. Yeah, because what Glenn Beck was talking about and what this other gentleman was talking about on that video is November 28th. Mm -hmm. It started. Yeah. It started to roll out. What started to roll out? The whole digital system. Doesn't mean overnight it's going to be there for everybody. It's going to be a multi-year phase in, probably, would, would be my guess. Um, because nothing, when you're changing a currency like that, look at the euro. The euro came into existence, what, 35, 40 years ago? Mm -hmm. It didn't, they wanted it to be the currency, but there was a transition period where there are parallel currencies where you could still use a French franc, the Dutch Gilder, the Italian Lira, the German Mark, right? Correct. Or the Euro. Well, ultimately, it just became the Euro. So how do you get to this point, right? Because we still have paper currency. We still have the U.S. dollar. We still have the Federal Reserve. Well, Jerome Powell, in this article um, that I just read on, on Zero Hedge, the, what's the real goal of Fed policy? And they're using the system who, who was it? It was one of Clinton advisors, maybe Solinsky, um, Rahm Emanuel, that said, never let a good crisis go to waste. Right. Right. Okay. And they, is, got, they got plenty of crises that are, that are not organically created, that have been created. Yeah. 
by the powers yeah. that be. See, this is this is a big crisis because what does he say in this article? There's no sense that inflation is coming down, his exact words. Although after eight months of aggressive interest rate hikes to slow down inflation, they haven't slowed it down. Explain real quick, who is Jerome Powell? What is his role and how does it impact a listener? So he's the chairman of the Federal Reserve. We reference him pretty often on this on this show. He comes up, but that sounds like a federal. It sounds like a, a good job. His decisions, even what he says, affects all the markets. If he if he were to come on and be like, "Man, it's going to be a really crazy winter," it would, all the markets go crazy. All, all they all go crazy because he is in charge of all the money creation, interest rates, policy in America, right? Which gives our currency value or devalues it if they print it like it's monopoly money, right? So people listen to what he says. And he tends to be a man of his word because he said coming into 2022, we're probably going to have eight or nine increases yeah. in 2022. He said that coming into this year, and we've had eight interest rate hikes. Yeah. And so somebody going to get a mortgage today, it's like, wow, how come my interest rate is so high? I have great credit. Yeah. Well, it's because this year they've raised it half a point, three quarters of a point, on, on, on. But all this changed two months ago when he said, yeah, we had said that, right? Eight to nine. But then he said, Inflation is the biggest danger facing America. We are going to keep raising rates until inflation is dead. Okay, so now that's no longer eight to nine. That's indefinite. It, it's going to. This is. There is no. There is no stop. Yeah. There's no end zone here for yeah. this. So, so what is inflation? Inflation is simply too much money chasing too few goods. Okay. Right, which causes the goods to go up in price because the the currency has been devalued. It takes more of that junk currency to buy a good and service. So what the Fed has control over is the demand side of the equation. But food and energy are the biggest drivers of inflation. That's supply side, not demand. So they're not actually fixing it. This is the problem. The more they raise rates, the theory is, oh, you raise rates, it's going to increase the cost of borrowing. People will spend less. Right. But what happens is when America's in debt up to its eyeballs, well, the more you raise rates, the more it slows down the economy because they stop spending. So their exact policies are going to kill the economy. This article, I think, is is revolutionary in this thought. And we'll be able to put that in the notes down below yeah. that you can be able to, to see this. It's, it's, it's got a lot of great details in there. Yeah, so, so here's the gist of the article, and everybody should read it. It's not that they know, they know that they can't kill inflation. The, the gist of the article is they're actually trying to kill the economy. Kill the economy so bad... You get a point where you have to shut the banks down, and what do you come back with? Central bank digital currency. That yeah. is a plausible scenario because they can't stop inflation because, again, inflation is driven by food and energy. That's a supply-side issue. All that the Fed has control over is demand-side. Okay. I know I'm talking a little bit economic nerdness here, right? Well, you have two PhDs, so we yeah. give you some grace with that. But they can't fix it with these policies that they have at this point, at stage of the game. So, therefore, bring it in. This is Hegelian philosophy, right? Is Okay, so what, what does that mean? It's like, if you've got something that you need to pass okay. and nobody wants it, okay. you create a crisis that's so bad that your solution all of a sudden looks good when six months ago nobody would have ever voted for it. This is one of those crises. Well, something like the Patriot Act would have never passed without 9-11. Correct. So all of a sudden you create, oh, terrorism, everybody is is in danger and they're like good we, whatever it takes to keep us safe do do whatever it takes to make everything go away yeah same thing with the with the economic policy after 2009 collapse there's no way that that the cheap money that was created with artificially low interest rates mm -hmm. for, for over 10 years 
would have ever passed unless you created a crisis so much. People's real estate values went down 50%. Okay. People's stock market went down 40%. Yep. Oh, let's just create cheap money, low interest rates, print like there's no tomorrow to keep the economy stimulated when the end result of that is so much inflation. We're living the results of that right now. Nobody would have ever passed that without a massive collapse. Right. So never let a good crisis go to waste. And that's Different over and over. Happening right now. Okay, so what can people do? Because you hear this and it's like, ugh, people are sitting there and maybe they have some crypto, maybe they've got IRA, they have some savings. They're, and they're like, how, how do I, this conversation creates this image of people are like sitting there camping out on a train track and they can hear the train and you can see the white headlight of it coming. So. I can't stop that train. You can't. This is happening. It's bigger than me. It's global. You can't stop the train, but you can jump off the tracks. Okay. Get out of the way. So how do you do that? With a get out of the system kind of a currency like gold or silver, it's tangible. It's real. You take delivery of it at home. It's not digital, so it's not really traceable like being a digital asset in the, in the internet world, right? So you can do that. Is it a good investment? Fantastic. Over the last 12 weeks, silver's up 32%. While people are concerned about their retirements going to nothing, right? they're concerned about stock prices coming down, uh, they're concerned about bond prices coming down, they're concerned about their real estate losing money hand over fist. These are legit problems because of Fed policy, but we don't have to settle for that. Gold and silver will go through the roof. The exact fundamentals that caused that decline caused gold and silver to go up. That's our answer. That's our solution. We invest into gold and silver for such a time as this. It's probably even more than, uh, I mean, it's probably more than even getting an umbrella because you know it's raining. It's more like getting a submarine because you know you're gonna, about, you're gonna be going underwater. Right. And it's like, okay, that can happen. And it's that kind of a thing. It's like, you know, Jesus was taking a nap on a boat in the middle of a storm that everybody else thought they were gonna die in. Yeah. And it, you can have that kind of peace. This could be going crazy around you. Your coworkers could be going crazy, your brother-in-law, the you know everybody. But you don't have to participate in it, right? You don't have to. You can, but you don't have to. How how do you participate in it by doing nothing? By simply saying okay. Then and advisors trick their clients into doing nothing. So I go buy and hold for the long term. It'll all work work itself out in the end. Not this time. I don't think this time it actually will because yeah. we're at a game-changing reset moment in history. But have a smile on your face. Have that peace in the midst of the storm. Get out of the path of the hurricane. Do the right thing. Go into gold and silver for now. Ultimately, there's going to be other options, right? But for right now, I don't see any other option. I'm glad we have access to you. I'm glad, yeah. that, I'm glad you've been preparing for this for a long time to have a biblical worldview and to have an understanding of the economics and how that works. If you guys want to reach out and have a connection with, with Dr. Kirk, yourself, and his team, they're unbelievable. You can go to flyovergold.com. That's just a landing page that takes you into his space and into his world. You can download PDFs there. You can watch videos there. Begin educating yourself. If this is brand new language to you. If you're like, what would I do with silver? What do they do with silver? I know they use it in computer chips or they put it in people's teeth or I saw a wrapper with silver. Like, How does this actually, I don't understand the practicality of it. Begin educating yourself on this. You can't trust maybe even the advisors you've had that are like maybe even a part of this system that is collapsing. So, so get a hold of their team. They have an incredible process to on-ramp you, to help you understand uh, how to how to how to uh, break this down and make wise choices. So flyovergold.com, or if you just want to call them directly, you can call 
720-605-3900. Give them a call. Go to the landing page today. If you're watching this in the middle of the night because you couldn't sleep or whatever, send them an email. Reach out on there. Get in the queue. It takes a little bit to prioritize you because a lot of people are doing this right now. The thing that I love is people come to you guys over and over and over. Right. It's not a one-time transaction. It's an ongoing relationship. We go to these reawaken events and people are like, man, I've made three or four purchases or I made a small one to start with and then I moved my IRA over later once I kind of understood how this worked. So I love the relationship that you establish with people. That's what it's all about. We want to have lifetime relationships with our clients because, look, I, this is what we're trained, anointed, gifted to do, right? We don't expect clients to be trained, anointed, gifted in the world of finance. Whatever they're created to do is what they are yeah. gifted in, right? This is what we do. We want to hold people's hands through the economy. We will let you know or any of the clients know when it's time to buy, sell, reallocate, get out of Dodge, do it. Yeah. to be done because that's what we're here for. You guys, give me a call, 720-605-3900. Reach out today, get that ball rolling, and we'll talk to you next time. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what are you going to do about your finances? If you went back to 1920 and you had a $20 bill and you had one ounce of gold, you could go into a men's clothing store and you could buy an entire suit, the jacket, shoes, pants, wow. belt, everything. Today, what would that $20 bill buy you? It wouldn't. You couldn't buy a handkerchief for the $20 bill, but that one ounce of gold would still buy you, even today, it would buy you an entire men's suit, shoes, belt, pants, jacket, everything. That's the difference. But today, that change is happening faster than ever. And we know a guy by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott that we've known for over 25 years. He has two PhDs. This is who we're actually using. This is who our friends and family are using. And he's a guy we trust completely. And in today's era, you need somebody you trust. So go to flyovergold.com and learn how to protect yourself against an inflating dollar. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.